If you're a kid in a candy store that's trying to stay off candy, your willpower, your strength is going to last for a little bit of time, but eventually you're going to be worn down. And this is what happens to us. When we have our phones, devices, notifications on and around us, we're like a kid in a candy store. Hey everyone, welcome back to On Purpose. My name's Jay Shetty and I'm so excited for this week's episode. I've been looking at what are the topics, what are the themes that are really resonating with you and connecting with you and trying to give you more advice, insights, wisdom and thoughts and research on those areas. Remember, my commitment to you here is I'm doing the work, I'm doing the experiments, I'm doing the tests so that hopefully it makes your life easier. Everything I'm sharing in these sessions is tried and tested. The things where I've done the trial and error, I've experimented. I focused on developing a lot of these habits over the last 13 years of my life and I'm sharing the results with you. So thank you for taking this experiment with me. Thank you for living a life on purpose and thank you for being here. Now, today's session is all about the six things that you can do in the morning to have an incredible start to the day, have an incredible rest of the day and actually keep that momentum throughout the day as each and every hour goes on and on and on. Now, how many times have you ever had this experience where you start to feel really tired by about 3 p.m.? How many of you get that mid-morning crunch when you start to feel really fatigued already? And how many of you, by the time you're at home, at the end of the day, have no energy left? Whether it's after your commute, whether it's on your way back, whatever it may be, how many of you experience that fatigue and tiredness? Well, here's the truth. Two of the most important elements in our lives are self-control and energy. Research shows that both of these are finite daily resources that tire like a muscle. It's almost like that these resources are at their peak at the beginning of the day and then have a natural decline towards the end of the day. It's almost like saying to yourself, you're at full battery life on your phone and then it's depleted by the end and it needs to be charged throughout the day, but also how you use it at the beginning of the day will have a big impact as to how it affects you. And these are daily resources that tire like a muscle, that deplete like the battery on your phone. And just like we have to keep charging up our phones to stay fueled up, we have to make sure that our body is charged and used effectively as well. We all know that there are certain tasks or certain things we do on our phone that completely drop that battery life, right? You know what it feels like to have too many tabs open, too many screens open, using it for multiple things. The same is true of our mind and our brain that controls our self-control and our energy. Have you seen that when you get tired and lose energy, your self-control goes down as well? When you lose energy, you're more likely to be attracted to the burger and fries, the sugary dessert, the fatty foods. Similarly, notice, if we lose our self-control, then tasks feel longer, harder, and as if they take so much more effort. That's why we find it harder to concentrate towards the end of the day. So we see this link between self-control and energy. When our energy goes down, 
our self-control goes down. And when our self-control goes down, our energy goes down. Both of them are affecting each other throughout the day. And that's why self-control and energy are so important to manage. Now, the interesting thing here also is that a lot of energy is intangible. For example, if you're in a negative toxic environment, it can be more tiring even if you're doing easy tasks. Self-control also can be harder if you're going through something emotionally in your own personal life. So we recognize that both of these are deeply connected and it can be hard to understand them. And that's why today I'm going to give you these six practical, actionable steps that will actually help you understand self-control and energy much, much deeper. And we all know what this feels like. It's why at the beginning of the day, we usually feel that our productivity is at its peak. But that doesn't mean we should use it on all doing things in the morning. If used effectively, we can maintain our energy and self-control throughout the day to the best of our ability. So here are the six steps that I want to share with you in this podcast, and we'll start with number one. This one will sound impossible. When you first hear it, you'll say, Jay, that's not possible. When I say it, your mind will doubt it. But here's a sign of intelligence. A sign of intelligence is being able to listen to a piece of advice, try to learn from it without judging it in the moment. See, one of the biggest mistakes that our mind makes or biggest tricks that it plays on us is that when we hear a piece of advice, our mind says, oh, I already know that. Oh, I've heard that before. Oh, I've, I've tried this before. And our mind convinces us out of some of the best advice in our life. Whenever my mind says to me, oh, I've already heard that, I know that. When I hear myself say that, I move away from that thought and I re-engage with what I'm listening to. Why? Because some of the biggest businesses in the world have fallen apart with this mindset. We've always done it that way, right? I already know that. Those four words, I already know that, have blocked so much innovation in the world. So I want you to really open your ears, open your mind and listen carefully. Step number one has changed my life. Whenever I practice it, I have a different day. It's almost like I'm living a new life. And this is no screen time until breakfast. No screen time until breakfast. Giving yourself that half an hour, that one hour, that two hours before Looking at your phone can change your life. Now, I used to be one of those people that would wake up and look at my phone straight away because my phone was my alarm. I would turn my alarm off. The next thing I'd do is go onto WhatsApp or go onto Instagram or then go onto Twitter or Facebook or whatever it may be, and then you're lost. Not only do you waste time, you waste energy, and you're maxing out your brain's potential to use it for anything else. Now, I use social media for most of the day. I have messages from all over the world, different geographies to respond to. But this one habit can completely define how my day goes. I either wake up with energy, enthusiasm and focus, or I wake up and feel drained, tired and fatigued by the time I get out of my bed. When you look at your screen first thing in the morning, it steals your morning. You are losing your morning when you do that. 
And one of the crazy things is that studies show that notifications can actually trigger stress. So what we're doing is we're pushing our mind and body into stress mode from the moment we're awake. One survey of 2,000 workers in the United Kingdom found that notifications are linked to higher feelings of anxiety. So who wants to start their day with stress and anxiety? How many of us are actually forcing ourselves to start our day with stress and anxiety by looking at our phones? I think I may have mentioned this before, but I literally, to get out of this habit, used to lock my phone and my devices in my car outside so that I wouldn't have an excuse to get it. I got a real alarm clock and it changed my life. And I'm reminding you of this principle because I think it's something we have to hear often. Now, one of my favorite teachers, the Buddhist monk Thich Nhat Hanh, he talks about how when we're stressed, we're either thinking about the past or worrying about the future. That's where stress comes from. The degree to which you're living in the past or the degree to which you're thinking about the future, to that degree, we feel stress and anxiety. Now, that definitely happens when you see your notifications first thing in the morning. Someone messages you from the past. Someone talks to you about your future. You see something's happening to your ex. You see something happening to your last boss. You see something about this new job that you want. You're constantly putting yourself in the past and the future and not living in the present. Rather than fully engaging with the morning, rather than setting your tone, you're starting the day with stress and anxiety. And so many of us are doing it every single day. In 2013, Adweek reported that 80% of smartphone users between the ages of 18 to 44 check their phone first thing in the morning. But even more, about 79% of smartphone users also have their phone on them all but just two hours out of the entire day. This is an important point. It's so important to not check your phone first thing in the morning. Please, please, please try and stay away from it. One of the best ways to stay away from it, I found, is to wake up to a song that you like in the morning so that your mind can be absorbed and engaged in that song. Another thing that can do is to start with a morning soundtrack of a morning meditation. It may be relaxed sounds. It may be nature sounds. Waking up to incredible sounds in the morning can have a beautiful start to your day. Again, your mind is engaged, so it doesn't want to check messages. And at the same time, you're hearing something. Again, you can have this on a device in your home, not your phone, so you can press play and this can be the first thing that you hear. Another way you can do this is have something else to read. You may have a book of quotes next to your bed that you pick up first thing in the morning and you read a quote. And after you've read that one quote, you get up out of bed. Again, you're framing your mind to be positive. You're framing your mind for energy and you're not draining yourself. When your mind is having to process stress and anxiety in the morning, imagine how quickly it gets tired. Imagine how quickly your self-control and energy drop when you allow yourself in the morning to absorb in stress and anxiety. So I really like it when you wake up in the morning and read an affirmation or a quote that you're inspired by. And the third and final thing that you can try apart from music or sounds or looking at a quote or an affirmation is gratitude. 
As soon as you wake up in the morning, ask yourself, what am I grateful for today? And answering that question for yourself will put you in a great mood and boost your system to start the day with maximum energy. I've noticed this. When my phone dies, it can actually be one of the most beautiful moments in the day. And I'm sure you've experienced that as well. As much as it can cause panic, it actually causes so much space and silence. Sometimes it's so good to just let your battery die during the day to have these moments. Me and my wife, whenever we go away together, we make it a point to lock our phones in the hotel safe. If you're going on holiday, I highly recommend this. Put your phones in the hotel safe. Do not take them out with you. Go out with a traditional map, a list of restaurants, a list of names. It will improve your relationship. It genuinely, truly will. So these are the first steps Do not start your day with your phone, right? That is step one. Do not start your day with your phone. Start your day with gratitude. Start your day with meditation and sounds. Start your day with affirmations and quotes. The second thing, the second step, again, stay with me and I'll explain why. Do not start your day with email. This actually came from a conversation I was having with my team recently. And I was talking to my team about time management, being more effective and being able to get more out of their days. I realized that I've been able to be very productive and effective and I want my team to feel the same way. And I'm always excited to learn from them and also see what learnings I can share with them. The crazy thing I found is a lot of my team started their day with emails. So not only just in the morning, but when they got to work, this is what I'm saying. This isn't just for when you get out of bed. We've established that. But when you actually get to work, so you get to work at 8.30 a.m. or 9 a.m. or maybe even earlier. And when you start your work day, the worst thing we can do is open up our laptops or phones and start with email. It's one of the biggest mistakes. And I'll tell you why. We spend around 13 hours a week on email and unlock our phones 110 times a day. We already know that looking at emails has been shown to cause stress and we experience that. We don't need a study to tell us that, right? The second thing, and this is the most important thing, when you start your work day with email, you're starting your day reactively rather than proactively. You're now completing someone else's to-dos and requests not your own. You're now working to someone else's priorities, not yours. This is the crazy thing. We can spend three hours of our workday responding to everyone else and not even start on our work, which means we're behind on what truly matters and what really has an impact. And here's the crazy thing. Listen to this carefully. This is a study from the Harvard Business Review of what happens when we look at our emails and how it affects our brains. One of the things that we know is that it drains our time. Every time we get interrupted by an email, this is what happens. The tab compels you towards the inbox and lures you in and you lose 20 minutes at a time. We think it's just a quick email. We think it's just a quick response. According to a study by the University of California, Irvine, it takes 20 minutes to get distracted, do something, and then come back to your activity. And then it actually makes us less smart. A psychiatrist at King's College London University found that fussing with your email leads to a functional drop of 10 IQ points, which is more than smoking marijuana. 
It's incredible what it can do to us. And of course, we all know this, it slows us down by a lot. 20 years of psych research shows that switching between tasks takes up to 40% longer than just taking one task at a time. And of course, it takes away our ability to concentrate. It takes away our ability to focus. It brings down our productivity. These are the crazy things happening when we're starting our workday with email and we get lost in someone else's to-do list. If you don't make a plan for yourself, you'll be working on someone else's plan. One of my favorite tips at the start of your workday is to actually turn off your notifications, even turn off your phone to do any work that you need to get deeply engrossed and absorbed in. See, if you want to do an activity that really requires your energy, if you want to complete something with focus, just put your phone away, leave it in another room if you need to get that type of work done. See, every day is different. You may not have a deeply absorbed task every day, but it's important that you do it. I'll tell you why. Because what we're doing is we're basically a kid in a candy store right? If you're a kid in a candy store that's trying to stay off candy, your willpower, your strength is going to last for a little bit of time, but eventually you're going to be worn down. And this is what happens to us. When we have our phones, devices, notifications on and around us, we're like a kid in a candy store. You keep pushing and now you're wasting energy trying to have willpower to avoid looking at your phone. So now you still can't focus because you're now losing energy and willpower on that. When you're trying to resist something, that's taking energy too. Hence, not having it around stops you. If you're walking down an average street with no candy stores on it, then you'll be fine. But as soon as you're standing inside a candy store, it becomes so hard to resist. One of my favorite habits on email is really how we use it. We set the standards of how people talk to us on email by how we talk and respond to them. This is an important tip. Be more clear in your email about specific asks and wants. If you're very clear about who it's related to, if you're very clear about only copying in people that it truly matters to, if you're very clear at giving people action points, guess what? People will do the same to you. If you're used to sending big emails with everyone CC'd and everyone copied in, then that's what's going to happen back. It's so important to be clear in your emails and then people will respect that and start to change their habits. I remember when I started to do this in the workplace, specifically with giving actions to specific people in emails, and then I only started to responding ones where I was given a specific action. By setting that standard, you're letting people know that you want people to give you a specific action if you're going to respond or look in an email. I even started to color code people's actions so that they could easily browse to the part that was relevant to them. See, when you take more effort for other people when you're giving tasks, hopefully they'll get the message and start doing the same for you. The second thing, set a standard by responding during work hours and it will be respected. See, if you're responding at all hours, people then think that they can message you at all hours. So you have to set that standard for yourself. And you can actually turn off your notifications and let people know that if something is truly urgent, that they can send you a message another way. And it's so important to set these rules for specific people. To say to your manager or say to your boss, look, if it's really urgent, you can text me, right? If it's really this, you can do this. And if you start setting these rules, you can now be accessed when and where you need to. Of course, 
with exceptions, they'll always be there. This is more about the regular occurrence. Step number three about your focus in the morning. Set your priorities the night before. Prioritize your goals the night before. The downtime will leave room for insights to come into your mind, right? As soon as you download emails or start looking at messages or whatever it is, your mind is now filled up with overwhelming information and all these other objectives. But if you start by looking at everyone else's, that's where you get distracted. By building this space, you can start getting your own work done and prioritizing creativity. So the way to prioritize your goals is have one big goal a week and three small things every day. See, we usually get it wrong. What we try and do is we try and do lots of big things every day. We have 10 huge things and then we feel demoralized. Whereas if you have weekly goals and three steps a day to get to that weekly goal, you're going to feel inspired. Because guess what? One day you may only do one small thing. The other day you may do five small things. The other day you do two. And it averages out at three. And that way you achieve the weekly goal. It's so much smarter to set weekly, monthly, and 90-day goals that you break down on a day-to-day basis than to set daily goals. Step number four is a question meditation. This is one of the challenges with meditation. Often we meditate to find the answer. Often we meditate and stay fixated on the answer. Why don't I know this? Why is it not coming to my mind? Why don't I understand? How many times have you ever forgotten something in a conversation and then all you're plagued with is researching that on the internet, searching it on Google and trying to find the name of that person that you once knew or trying to find the name of that movie or song or whatever it may be. So often in our lives, we get fixated with the answer. We're always wondering what the solution is. What I love about question meditations is that it makes us a student for the rest of the day. When we sit there quietly for 10 minutes and ask the question repetitively, we repeat that question to ourselves, a question like, what can I learn from this? Who do I want to be today? How can I show more love today? What is it that I really need to do at work to perform better? What is it that I really want to achieve in my relationship? Instead of putting all our emphasis on the answer, when we ask the question, that question goes into our consciousness and then throughout the day, we can let the day teach us. The day becomes our lessons. Moments in the day give us our answers. We start to discover through the day rather than force the answer. Question meditations are one of my favorite things that I learned as a monk, and I'd love for you to try these out. Pick a question every day or every week and ask yourself that question. Sit alone for 10 minutes a day, ask that question to yourself, and see what comes from it. Lesson number five, set an intention for the day. Now, what I mean by this is I actually sit down in the morning and often I'll visualize the meetings, the presentations, the podcasts, the videos that I'm going to make that day. And what I visualize is not how I want it to be, but how I want to be in that situation. So if I have a really tough meeting coming up, I'll visualize myself being composed and focused and prepared for that meeting. If I have a big presentation coming up, I'll visualize myself being centered and insightful for that. If I have a big conversation or connection coming up, 
I'll visualize myself being of service. And that's one of my biggest intentions is how can I serve? How can I make a difference? How can I make an impact? How can I help others? But I visualize it specifically to that day. Visualization is something used by everyone from Lewis Hamilton when he's driving his Formula One race car or from football players, from everyone from Cristiano Ronaldo to David Beckham visualizing free kicks. And when you're visualizing, you're not just visualizing the result. You're visualizing the process that you are focused on. You want to choose one word. You want to embody it. It might be courage. It might be confidence. Who do you want to be in your day is what you want to visualize. Maybe it's being kind. Maybe it's being love. Maybe it's being joy. Maybe it's being energy. When you set that intention, when you make it a visualization, and when you embody that word, you will see that play out in your reality. When you're in that tough, difficult discussion, you'll still be kind. When you're in that pressured situation, you'll still be courageous. When you're in that big meeting or presentation, you'll still be confident. Start your day with a three to five minute intention, visualization, and embodiment of a word and emotion, and you'll see yourself practice it. One of my favorite tips, it's so simple and so easy to do. And step number six, Try start your day with kindness. Usually the morning is a selfish time. We're thinking about what can we do for ourselves? What have we got to do? Or we've just thinking about, obviously you're doing it for your kids. So you already have kindness there. But if you do that with kindness, see if you're doing it through pressure, making breakfast, making lunch, if you're doing it out of stress, out of rush, it actually creates the wrong focus in your day. Usually in the morning we are helping others, but it's out of stress, pressure and being strapped for time. Planning that time a little bit better changes everything. When we help others and do kind acts, it causes our brain to release endorphins, the chemicals that give us a feeling of high spirits and energy. It's compared to a runner's high. Doing something nice for someone else also gives the brain a serotonin boost, the chemical that gives us the feeling of satisfaction and well-being. This isn't just the act of cooking breakfast or giving in charity. It's about doing it in a kind motivation, a kind driver. That's going to boost your health and well-being and give you the perfect start to the day. So those are six steps that you can use to start your day that can transform the day ahead. It will help you keep self-control and energy and they're nice and simple so that you can start practicing them from tomorrow. What I want you to do is just choose one that you want to experiment with. Choose just one out of the six that I've shared and try it out for the next week. Share with me these insights on Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, wherever you're live and I'm always looking out and I'm always reading through what you're learning from these episodes. Make sure you go back and listen to the incredible episode we had with Dr. Oz this Monday. It was absolutely phenomenal and a really popular episode. And I can't wait for you to hear next week's one. I'll see you there. Thank you so much for listening to On Purpose. Make sure you subscribed, rated and reviewed. I'm so grateful to have you here. Thank you so much. Thank you so much for listening through to the end of that episode. I hope you're going to share this all across social media. Let people know that you're subscribed to On Purpose. Let me know, post it, tell me what a difference it's making in your life. I would love to see your thoughts. I can't wait for this incredibly conscious community we're creating of purposeful people. You're now a part of the tribe, a part of the squad. Thank you for being here. I can't wait to share the next episode with you. Thank you.